Welcome back to the Rockcast, everybody, brought to you by Onyx Hunt Maps. And today we have Robbie Denning hopping on, going to talk about his new mule deer book coming out here a little bit later in 2022. Well, I think like by mid-year 2022, but he has a book out already and we've talked about quite a bit on here and we'll touch on it in the in the episode as well called Hunting Big Mule Deer, How to Take the Best Buck of Your Life. That is available at the rockslide.com store. It's also available on Amazon, but buy it from Rockslide. Don't buy it from Amazon. Um, and yeah, we're going we're gonna to dive right into it. First, I want to thank a couple of our partners. First off, Onyx Hunt Maps. You can use code ROCKCAST at checkout for 20% off. And our other partner, Black Rifle Coffee, if you're interested in a subscription, you should go uh, give that a shot. Basically, you sign up for like X bags of coffee in X number of weeks. I've got mine set up, I think, one bag of coffee every other week. Right now, I try to wean off of it in the wintertime and in the summer because I basically uh, live off of it in the fall time. But yeah, go check them out and we'll just uh, hop right into the episode. Should we just dive right into it? You got a new book coming out. I do. It's been five years since, um, well, really six now, since uh, Hunting Big Mule Deer came out. And uh, I started working on another book, like, the day the other one came out. And I think that's pretty natural for a lot of authors because you have so much in your head that you didn't get into your first project. So I just started taking notes in my phone of stuff that I would put in another book that I missed or whatever. And, uh, gosh, that grew so fast, Jordan, you know, just over a couple of years, I had pages of notes and, um, I wanted to do it back in 2018. I actually had enough, um, material then, but that was when I started working with you on the films. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what, I should really put my time into doing at least a couple of films because the films kind of bring the book to life. You know, if you've read, read the book and then you watch the film, any of the films, mm-hmm. you know, you can see the tips and tactics kind of come together in real life, even though I hardly ever shoot a deer. So, um, uh, so, you know, I, I just decided to put the book on hold, do a couple films and, you know, then you and I did the two and then I did, I did, two more on my own, uh, the muzzleloader mule deer hunt. And then I, I did the compilation of the one you helped me with, um, the best of hunting big mule deer. And, um, so once, once I got done with that one this spring, I thought, okay, there's enough content in the films now to support the book and enough content in the book to support the films. So I, I just thought my next window of time where I can really work on it, I'm going to hit it, which strangely enough is, is during hunting season. Um, because, you know, just rock slide and my job at the gym is so busy in the spring and then summer's crazy. Um, but you know, when hunting season hits, part of the reason I've, I've kept my job at the gym all these years is because that's kind of our slow time. And I've got some space in between hunts, you know, usually I come back, get everything settled and I've got a little bit of time. So I just, I just started hitting it this, uh, this fall, you know, kind of between hunts, um, took my iPad on a couple of hunts, um, and 
would work on it a little bit, especially as I got into November and the nights are so long, I had a little more time. And, and I've kind of learned with a book is, you know, once you get your foundation built, it, it goes pretty fast after that. Uh, you, you, once you have your kind of your chapter outline and, you know, all those notes I referred to, obviously I was leaning on that quite a bit, but you know, once I, at least for me, once I get the chapter outlines done and I get my ideas in my head, it's pretty easy to knock out two, three, four hours a day of, of writing. And, uh, so that's what I've been doing really since I got back from, from Colorado, uh, in mid November, late November. And there was a couple of weeks there. I was writing 10,000 words a week, you know, which is a lot for a redneck from Iona. And, um, it, it's, it's, it's almost done. It's probably 80% there. And, uh, it goes to the editor in uh, mid January. Uh, right about there I, I submitted all the cover art yesterday to her so you know we'll have a cover that we can that we can use to to promote and, and kind of build up through the spring but uh but that's how it came together and you know just just another couple of weeks i'll i'll have it man that is so awesome so it's called hunting big mule deer the stories so did you know like as you were working on the hunting big mule deer book did you know that you were going to write this second one? Was that like always a plan even before you wrote the first one? No, it wasn't. But as I completed the first one, I realized there was just so much stuff I didn't get in the first one. You know, at some point you got to push the send button, you know, or you never get anything out there. And so yeah. kind of that last couple of weeks before I sent it to the editor, I thought, oh, I didn't put this in there. Oh, I didn't put this in there. And that's where I started taking those notes I was talking about. But also the first book, I mean, it's called Hunting Big Mule Deer, How to Take the Best Buck of Your Life. It's a how-to book. That, that, that's really its angle. It's coming from, you know, do this, don't do that. Think like this, don't think that way. You know, stuff like that. And, and the stories took a background in that book. The stories are, are pretty short, just anecdotal to the point I'm trying to make. Um, if you don't know what anecdotal means, it just, you know, something to illustrate a point, you know, so they weren't, weren't deep long form stories. And so this book, I thought, you know, I really want to just tell the stories and leave, leave it to the reader to, to pull out of the stories as they're reading, you know, what they will. And, and I had a lot of people after I, I I published the book, the original book that were just asking for more stories. I mean, every time I'd post something on Rockside or something, people are like, Hey, more mule deer stories. So that's, that's what this one is. Um, and, and it's not just me, but it's, you know, I, I write the first uh, half of the book. There's, there's seven different stories that I, that I put together. And these are all mule deer hunts. Five of them are mule deer hunts that, that were never in the first book. They, they've occurred since the first book was published. Two of them are throwbacks um, to, 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 to years back but they were not included in the, in the original book. So it's all fresh material and it's long form stories, Jordan. I mean, there's a part of me that's thinking this may not work, you know, cause a lot of guys are, you know, they're scrolling, they're listening to podcasts, you know, they're flying through life. I do that sometimes too. And it's some guys don't want to sit down and read a long form story, but um, I think there's enough guys out there. It's, it's going to be worth it. And, and for me, you know, going back 20 years ago, the writers I was following, I, I loved it when they would get deep into the stories, you know, not just a little anecdotal snidbit of the story to make a point, but the whole hunt, how'd they feel? What were they thinking? What happened? 
how did victory feel? How did defeat feel? You know, what did you do in this situation? You know, how were they thinking? That was the stuff I just really liked. And uh, so, so you know, some of these stories are 12,000 words long um, that, that I wrote. And, um, you know, I, I know there's a lot in there for people if, 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 if they really want to dive into it. Every story that I wrote and most of the stories of the other contributing authors, we'll talk about that in a second, um, have a takeaway section. You know, at the, at the very end, I, I just give my thoughts on what a buck hunter should pull out of that story. And now a good story is going to tell that anyways, people will get that as they're reading along. But at the end, it's just kind of some discussion points. And um, David Long did that with his original book back in 2006, uh, Hunting, uh, let's see, Public Land Mule Deer, The Bottom Line. And, and, you know, he would sum up his chapter with what he called the bottom line. You're like, this is, this is what you need to, to, to learn from this. So, so I, 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 great idea, David. I copied you. Sorry, bro. Um, but, uh, I, I did the same thing with, with the stories on, um, all mine and most of the other contributing authors that you could just read the summary of each story and, um, walk away with, with the how to, if that's really what you're there for. And in fact, if somebody's like, yeah, maybe, I mean, this is the kind of book you don't have to read cover to cover it. They, they could just jump into the takeaways at the end of each story read through it they're going to get the gist of what the story's about and then they could decide if they wanted to read the story yeah yeah i like that that's a good idea and i think that every it's uh every hunt is so different like no two situations are the same they might be similar but they're never the same and i think that people looking for how to's are are looking for like one how to like, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. This is how you make it work. But it just doesn't work like that. So, like, all the yeah. different stories, they're all probably a heck of a lot different. They are. They are. Yeah, you know, they, 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 they have similar tips and tactics in each one. But, yeah. Uh, and plus, they take in the whole emotion of the hunt. You know, I mean, we're, you know, we're emotional creatures. You know, we, we feel good. We feel bad. We're stressed out. We're not stressed out. I mean, life affects how we hunt. Um, hunting affects life, you know, and so I, I tried to, to, to get all that in there, you know, kind, kind of how I was, was, was thinking, you know, you know, for example, the story, it's, it's probably going to be titled um, the wait or the waiting. Um, that was the 12,000 word story. And that, that story occurred over two months of, of the fall. And, and, and during that time is, is when we lost Jason uh, Harrison of Kuyu. And that affected me. I mean, I was on the mountain when I found out um, that, that, that he had died. And um, so I weaved that into the story, you know, kind of how, how that affected me and, and even affected the hunt. And so, so that's the great thing about, you know, longer form stories is, is you can get into a little bit of that stuff. Um, and it, it just, for me, it, it just made for always a little bit more realism in reading a story if I knew really what the author was thinking and feeling and, you know, seeing and doing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So how many stories in total do you have? Do you know a number? Okay. So I did seven and then I've got um, these other contributing authors and I'll just go through my, my table of contents here. Um, Randy Ulmer uh, contributed and, you know, and what a guy to, to have in your book. And when I explained the concept to him, he was like, Oh, I've got, some stuff I wrote that 
just goes right along with that, you know, not so much the how to, but you know, the, what happened. And in just a couple of days, he sent me a three, 4,000 word story about a hunt he did years back. And, and it was, I'll just say it. It's probably the best one in the book. He beat me. Um, you just really get to go into his head on a mule deer hunt and what he's thinking. And not just about, Hey, there's the buck and how do I make the stock, but life, you know, what's going on in his life and his family and his just all the, all the things a, a person has to do to make a living that follows him into the woods. You know, it's really good. And, um, uh, so I, we've got him in there. Um, Ryan Lampers, I haven't got his story yet, but he's committed to, to sending one, uh, of what's that too then i've got scott thompson of northern utah um kind of an up-and-coming hunter such as yourself jordan i mean he's very successful he's in his in his low 30s he's already taken 50 bucks over 50 years i think he's on 51 right now 52 something like that and just tons of experience and um he submitted three stories um, some, some of these stories have been published in part in other publications. Um, I think uh, one or two of his stories had already been in Eastman's, but he expanded on them um, to get even more in there, you know, because you're in a magazine, you're, you're a little more limited. Uh, so I've got three from him. So what's that? that's three authors right there. I've got Jordan Budd. Yeah. Thank you so much for submitting your story. That, that was great. And, and kind of the same thing, especially, Jordan, as you were talking about the shot. That's what I'm talking about in a long form story. Sometimes that's not something you can do in just a quick how to article, but you know, we got to, we got to follow you that whole day and what you were thinking and you know, how you decided not to hunt that morning up in that exact place, but, but expand out in the unit a little bit. And then, you know, your plan to come back at, you know, the late afternoon and hike in there and what you were thinking and the decisions you were making. And I mean, as I read your story, I thought, you know, this is, this is good. This is the stuff I, I, I like to know about a hunter, what they're, what they're thinking and what they're doing. And, and, uh, so, um, that story is going to be in there. And then, uh, so what is that? That's four, uh, Travis Hobbs, our buddy, Travis, yep. he, he, ex- he, he, he expanded on the story, uh, the legend of scar. Most people have read his story about the legend of scar, okay. uh, incredible story that um of, of a buck that had been seen on winter range for multiple years um travis found it on the summer range 70 miles from from where it uh where it wintered and he ended up taking it um you know he had he had found it in the summer lost it um clear into the fall and then found it one more time lost it found it again and ended up getting it but he expanded on the story to everything else that was going on the you know the 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 previous summer and uh, that fall and even into the next year after he took the buck because um, he took three great bucks within like 13 months time and yeah. and he expanded on how all that fit together and there's so much there kind of like scott thompson's stories there's so much there that you can take away um that you could apply to your own hunts um so what's that that's five so then brian Laturner, he's the owner um, and editor of monstermuleys.com um, great buck hunter. Um, I've, I've, I've admired Brian for years. I'm not personal friends with him. I just know him through the, through the hunting industry and through his website. I've been a member on there for years. A lot of good information there. I frequented a lot, but, but Brian gets it done and he is, um, he, he's just a real humble, straightforward. This is how I did it. This is what I do type of guy. That's usually what you read on his website. 
and um, has has just a knack for finding good bucks and, and, and staying with them over a long period of time, kind of like you and I have talked about, Jordan. And, you know, he just doesn't give up on these bucks if, if, until they migrate. Um, and he's taken some, some very good bucks. And so he, he, he put the story together and kind of the same thing. He, he, he had more room to write, so he got to put more there. And, and you got you to gotta read about what he's thinking and why did he go here that day and what was he thinking? What, what did he feel when he saw all those trucks and trailers at the, at the trailhead? And why did, he, why did he leave and why did he come back? You know, stuff like that, just, just really good stuff. So it was great to, to get inside of his head. So I think that's what that's about. That's about six authors right there. And then um, uh, Toby Bordreau, he is the, uh, I think he's a chief of information for Idaho Department of Fish and Game. He's putting together an article on, it's, it's going to be along the line of the perils of bucks only hunting. And, um, you know, everybody wants more bucks. Everybody wants bigger bucks. Yet in, you know, you get west of the Mississippi and, and shooting does is like, you know, the taboo. It's like, you, you know, you're not even a real buck hunter if you shoot a doe. And yet doe management completely plays into growing big bucks. And, you know, you go east of the Mississippi, that's very well understood. You get out here and it's, it, it's not. And, and, and so Toby's going to put together an article on, you know, what the downside of only focusing on bucks. And there is a big downside that we don't realize. And when we can hunt those and we can't always hunt those, we, and that's, that's not a blanket statement that you can always hunt those because some areas you just can't, you know, it's, it, they got to be managed. And, but when there's a surplus, um, hunting does can have a very positive effect on growing big bucks. So he's going to put that article uh, together. Um, he's a good, good guy to have in the book too. Um, so that's the other authors right there. So we've had about six other authors, um, yep. basically eight or nine other stories there. So we're pushing, you know, roughly 15, 16 stories in this book. How, uh, how long is it slated to be so far? Oh my pages? gosh, Jordan. I, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, mine is, I'll have probably close to 50,000 words. My stories are longer than the contributing authors. Let's just say there's two, three, four, there's eight, say there's 16,000 words. That's, that's 66,000 words. And that's not even, we're going to have bonus chapters on tips and tactics. I will have some how-to stuff in the book, definitely. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that I've written on the blog, I'll, expo- I'll expand upon. So I think my, my first book was 70,000 words and it was about 275 pages. And this one should be, should be pretty close to that. You know, should be pretty close to it in length. Um, especially if I, 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 I get a lot of my reviews in there on my mule deer gear, you know, I sent that list on some of the stuff I was thinking of throwing in there and, you know, just, just stuff that is really important right now that maybe is new gear that people haven't thought about. Like, you know, Wendy's, the Swarovski BTX and, and the new small generation binoculars that, that do not perform like compacts, but they can uh, perform like full-size binoculars like the Zeiss um, SFs, you know, and, and, and just stuff that's kind of come out since, since my last book. So you know, if I get that stuff in there, Jordan, you know, we, we could be 80, 90,000 words. It could actually be longer than the other book. I don't think this book will have as many pictures in it um, as the other book. You know, um, it doesn't need as many pictures as the how-to book. So that might shorten it up just a little bit. But it's, to answer your question, at least as long as, as the original hunting did meal there. Heck yeah, that is awesome. So then, yeah, you go in, like you're going to touch on a few different tips and tactics. 
Is that just these tips and tactics that you wrote out here? Are those expanding on ones that you already have in the other book or are they yes. like adding to it? Yeah, okay. so, yeah no, no, I'll, I'll take, um, you know, I get this with my original book. You know, a lot of these, these, you know, a blog is supposed to be three to 500 words. For, I violate that rule all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they're supposed to be kind of short and, and, and pithy and, and to the point. And, and so hence, there's no stories in them. Um, but, you know, once you take move it from a blog to a book, you can expand upon it. And so, so there, there, there will be some expansion on them just because I have more room. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm going to call that kind of the bonus chapters on the tips and tactics because, you know, it's going to be called hunting big mule deer, the story. So that's going to be the focus. But, you know, as we get into the last third of the book, you know, definitely going to have some stuff in there for the guy that's just how to and, 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 and how this, how'd you do this and what do I do? You know, stuff like that. Awesome. So the gear part, I mean, naturally we like to hit on the gear stuff all the time. Can you, is there like one or two gear items from like when you wrote the last book to now that have really like stepped up in quality or changed or your minds changed on them a little bit? Yes. Yes. The BTX, the BTX changes how I hunt. Um, If you, you know, that review that I wrote on the BTX about a year ago, touches on all that and you know i'll probably put that review as written into the book um but the btx changed how how you can hunt not all the time not every time but for example the first summer i had it i scouted a big mountain that i used to ride a horse all up on and you know pitch out a little tent and stay there for a day and a half and really not be able to look at a whole bunch of it because just the way the mountain laid, like a lot of big buck country, you can't see it all when you're on it. The BTX, uh, uh, I pulled over off the highway and I thought, you know, I've, I've been on that mountain before. I kind of know where the bucks are. And it was you know, early one morning. So I set it up on the, just a little pullout, you know, semis just roaring past mm-hmm. me, you know, like so close. My optics are shaking. Jordan, I saw one of the better bucks I've seen on that mountain in 10 years. Just, just sitting out there off the side of the highway looking at that mountain, what it was, four miles away. And, of course, you can do that with a spotter. But the BTX just gets your eyes working together with your brain because both eyes are open. You know, 32 power because I'm using the 95 objective. Um, I've got the doubler, which takes it into the high 60s, low 70s power. And so it, it, the BTX changed how you can look for mule deer. Now it's still my least used optic because there's kind of a narrow window where you can use it. You know, it's, it's heavy, you know, you just don't, you don't just go take it to sit on the average knob because, you know, a pair of 15s will cover most mule deer country. But if you've got a lot of country to look at um, and it, 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 I hate the word game changer, but it's almost at that level right there. So, so that's one of them. Um, the slick 624 tripod, um, that allowed me to take a a tripod that I can, I can stand up with. I'm not very tall by the way. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, um, go all the way to the ground with, you know, for years I used compact tripods. So you're pretty much limited to just sitting. And it just gave me more versatility at no weight penalty. You know, it's, 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 it's a tough, it's a tough little tripod. I've had some people say, Oh, I broke mine and, and I haven't broke mine. I'm going on like four years of use. And, um, you know, they, they maybe they're not as tough as aluminum, but, uh, you know, they're, they're definitely good. They're quieter. 
They're, um, they're not cold to the touch. I do have an aluminum and tripod review in there too on the outdoorsman standard, because if a guy wants to go aluminum, that's a good little tripod. It's not super heavy. And then of course I had to talk about the outdoorsman's heads. I've gone yeah. to those since I wrote my first book and I use the micro pan and the pan. Those two have covered everything I've needed to do. You know, I'm not filming like you are. Um, but even the, the, even the micro pan will sort of handle the BTX if needed in a pinch. It's not ideal, but it'll do it. But the pan on the BTX, it's, it's, I think it's perfectly matched for, for everything I've tried it with. Um, so, you know, those, and the other thing I'm going to have a section in there too, Jordan, and I'm a big reader, you know, that's, I mean, I write books. That's what yeah. I like to do is, is some of the books that have touched me in the last five years, I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to touch on those in there. You know, David Long's the edge, um, Dennis Winch's book, um, that book you and I uh, did this summer that I think you're going to have a guy on the podcast from Dan Brannigan. Yeah. Um, 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 so you want to hunt the West for mule deer, it's called, I'm, I'm just going to have a, just all kinds of resources in there for guys that, you know, when, you know, how it is sometimes when you get to the end of the movie or you get to the end of a book, you're like, wow, I wish there was more. Um, so I'm going to have that in there too. If guys really want to want to go deep in mule deer, there's a lot of guys out there writing about them now and some, some pretty good books out there that have been published since my last book. And, you know, of course some classics too, but I'm going to focus on the ones that have been put out just, just since uh, my last book. Awesome. <clears throat> so Last uh, thing, Jordan, one thing I forgot before, okay. before I don't want to forget. My yeah. foreword is written by Mark Smith, Muley Slayer Mark Smith. And I'm super thankful that he stepped up to do that. You know, a foreword is just basically written by, a, you know, a third-party person about the book, you know, a little bit about what to expect. And, you know, he's, he's, he's getting a pre-manuscript of the book, so he's going to get first look at it. So really thankful to have Mark in there. He's been a, a good friend to me. Uh, he's a good force for mule deer. Um, just really thankful to have him in there. That is awesome. So I had one question on the outdoorsman's heads. Are you using the window mount with those? Yes. Yes. So, yeah. so that's kind of a given. I should have mentioned that, but yeah, I'm going to have the window mount goes right along with those, those other two heads. Um, I just keep that in my jockey box and then, you know, my, 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 um, the pan head or micro pan are in my pack. So when I end up in the truck, all I got to do is reach into the jockey box, pull one of those off of the uh, tripod and I'm, I'm glassing from the truck. I feel, I think that's the best window mount out there. I haven't tried a whole bunch oh, of them, man. to be honest with you. I had a bush, a bush nail before this, but it's, I, I just love the versatility of it and it fits, marries up with what I already own on heads. Oh, it's so versatile. And I don't, I don't think a lot of people know about it. So that's why I've been hitting it hard. Like the last couple gear episodes I've been trying to been trying yeah. to let people know about it they're they're good they're good you and I both did I think video reviews on them they're on the Rockside channel people want to go yep. look and you know it's just great to have a quick release you don't have to have a special plate I mean the whole system is built on a quick release uh, foundation you know whether you're glassing from your tripod or glassing from the window mount it's just just super handy have you heard about the new outdoorsman's tripod coming out no but I follow the rock cast podcast so i bet i'm gonna know tell me yeah you're, you're gonna know uh the car they're going carbon fiber to some extent i'm not 100 percent sure what it's gonna be but they've teased it out a little bit and i i talked to mark and he said that he'll talk about it with me at sheep show so this is great because two years ago the last expo that we had before covid screwed everything up um um, we talked at length about that and you know, I told those guys, I know you're aluminum, aluminum's the bomb. 
but there's still a whole bunch of people out there that, that want carbon. And so I said, let me put a poll up on Rockslide. Just let's just, just do a poll. And I, that's when I was reviewing their standard versus the slick. And we just put a poll up to see what people preferred. And sure enough, I don't have it in front of me. 70 plus, the majority, the vast majority, super majority of people on Rockslide were like carbon, gotta have carbon. And so, you know, Mark told me a couple of years ago, well, we're going to start thinking about that. And we haven't talked since. So that's great to hear. They're going to go that direction. Yeah. I'm a little uh, scared to know what the price tag is going to be, but that's all right. Well, it, yeah, that was one of the reasons they were a little hesitant yeah. to, to, to get in there. And, and if I remember right, some of it was, you know, if you go carbon, you got to go, it's hard to go USA made because all the carbon. Yeah. Uh, manufacturing is is done overseas but they were going to work on solving that too so have you heard if it's going to be a made in usa i have not nope i've not i just saw they teased a picture out and actually hobbs got a hold of me about it and asked me if i knew anything and i didn't so i got a hold of mark and asked if we could do a podcast so he said he'd be ready to talk about it That'd be great. I'll be surprised if it's not made in America, because that was really yeah. kind of their big sticking point. They're like, we 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 got to make it here, and you know, good on them. Good on them. I hope I hope they figured out a way to do it, and you know, at least put together in America. Um, you know, um, but like I said, if if the price tag's high, well, their price tag's high on a lot of their stuff because you know USA made, but it's high quality. I mean, yeah. I, I've had just oh, I got two heads, and I've got two of their tripods, and flawless. Yeah. Heck yeah. Any other uh, gear things? Like, I guess this is a little bit of a teaser to an episode we'll do. Actually, I think you and Ryan did it last year where all the <clears throat> all the uh, rock slide riders will throw together like their top five gear items. We'll throw it in an article. Oh, yeah. So it'll be yeah. the written article. But then uh, I think you guys did the recorded podcast. Yeah, we did. I, and I haven't talked to Ryan yet if we're doing that again this year. I can't remember if you were gone last year. I don't remember why we did that. But um, uh, yeah. but yeah, we're, it's coming out. Um, it's on my schedule tomorrow to get my stuff submitted to William Hansen. He's, he's the writer that's putting it together. And it's um, kind of becoming an annual thing for us all. Just just our top picks of, of the gear we've reviewed or just used over the year. And it's not just sponsors either. I mean, you'll see, you know, everybody's throwing in stuff They're, that they've just you know, personally picked it has nothing to do with, with the gear was comp to them or anything like that. So it, it's a good list. It's, it's good stuff for people to go through. And I, man, if I remember like last year, Jordan, when we did that podcast, it took like an hour and a half to get through all the gear yeah. that was on that list. Yeah. Yeah. It took you a while. Uh, can you give me like top two this year of new, like, for me? new things you've picked up? Yep. For me, um, you know, and, 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 and the way that this list works, is it doesn't just have to be gear that you used in the last year, but if there's something in your pack that you've been using for years, even if we reviewed it on Rockslide like five years ago and you're still using it, I mean, that tells us a lot right there. Obviously you didn't just use this thing to review the gear and get the gear. You you're still using it. My KDC tripod, that little tripod that I have, you've seen it, haven't you? The one that's made out of tent poles. (laughs) I'm still using it. And I think I'm going on, I think I got it in the 2017 season. So what's that? 17, 18, 19, 20, two, five seasons. And, you know, I use it a lot. Um, it's all my day hunting stuff. If I'm, if, it, if, if my tripod's on my back, it's either the 624 or the, the KDC. And so um, I'm going to have that one in there. 
Um, uh, it, it's called the Granite Peak Tripod, by the way. KDC is Kramer Designs Corporation. Just a mini tripod with its own mini built-in head. Everything's mini. It weighs ounces compared to pounds. And, uh, and you know, you can't do everything with it, but you pair it with a compact spotter, uh, and it'll, it'll do everything you need. Plus, you can shoot off it in, in a pinch, probably to three or 400 yards. You can shoot off of it, which is a lot of the uh, shots that I'm getting in mule deer country. And let's see, uh, my, the cryptic um, came up with a, a down bag. Um, and, you know, it's made overseas. It's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's uh, I don't want to call it a bargain bag, but you save about 100 bucks getting a, a, compared to a high-end down bag. And I use mine all fall and it, it did well, it did really well. So for somebody that wants to get into a, a sleeping bag and, you know, maybe not fork over six or seven bills to do it. Um, um, the, the cryptic Felicia, it's called K I L I C I A. And I did the 15, um, and uh, I want to say Jordan, Bud. you're Jordan, Bud. Jared Bloomgren. Mm-hmm. You're both JBs, right? Jared Bloomgren did the zero. The only downside we found on the bag, neither of us were able to get it to the temperature ratings. Uh, 15, my 15 kind of maxed out once I got into the low to mid 20s. Jared's zero. I don't have the numbers, but he said he couldn't quite get it to zero. But everything else, lightweight, packable, um, uh, water resistant. Um, it, it had all that. I did a water test on mine, just like I did with the stone glacier and the Kuyu and the Western mountaineering bags that I've reviewed over the years. And it, it didn't leak. You could put a puddle of water right on top of your bag and it, it did not leak. Um, on one really damp hunt I was on for 10 days, I did start to accumulate moisture inside the bag from me climbing inside of it being wet. And all I had to do was turn the bag inside out, hang it at the top of the tent, just a couple of hours. And it was, it was good to go. So I'll have that one on there too, Jordan. Perfect. Perfect. Well, is there anything else you want to close out with on the book? I think that's it. Thanks for giving me the the time on it. Um, It should be out just say about April, you know, the, it just depends on my editor once it goes there, but she's pretty fast. And so, you know, definitely by summer, it, you know, something would have to go wrong for us not to get it out by summer. And it'll be available. I would imagine on the Rockside website and Amazon, just like now. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be Amazon first. You know, it's hard to compete with Amazon. They can do everything faster and better. So it'll be there first. And, um, um, uh, we'll, we'll have a, a, a a thread on rock slide of, of when it becomes available. And then of course, you know, once I get, it's funny, people can almost get their copies as fast as I can. So once I get mine and I can get them inventoried and Tanya can get them in the store, we'll have the ones um, in, in the store. And the difference between the two will be if, if you want a signed copy and you're willing to wait a little bit longer, wow. um, if you order them through the rock slide store, you can have a signed copy if, if that matters to you. But if not, you know, the fastest is going to be, on um, Amazon, and it should be available in Kindle, just like my other book was too. So there'll be a an electronic version as well. Um, and I know what your next question is: Is it going to be on audio? Uh, maybe. Um, I got to get through this first. Um, I know a lot of people have wanted my other book on audio. I haven't done it yet. That book doesn't lend itself well to an audio because that's that's almost a picture book. But I, I may do it. I've got a guy that wants to help me and everything, and he's done it. So we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. We got to get the published version out first. 
Awesome. So uh, we have shows coming up that we did not last year. Are you going to be at Western Hunt Expo? I will be at Expo for sure. I'm, I'm actually speaking at Western Hunt Expo. That'll be one of the articles I'm doing in the, that we didn't mention in the books called the, the phases of the rut. And um, I'm going to be speaking on that at, at, at Western Expo. That'll be the Saturday seminar. Mark Smith, I think at three o'clock, he is doing hunting solitary bucks. Um, and then I, I'm right after him around four, four fifteen, something like that, maybe four thirty. Uh, this is on the, the Saturday of the expo, and I'll be covering phases of the rut, so I will be there for sure. What about you? Awesome. Yep, I'll be that 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 one. And then next, gosh, it is almost the weekend after next is Sheep Show in Reno, so I'll be at that one too. Excellent. Yep, your life's about to get crazy. Yes, it is. Well, luckily, <clears throat> I'll have all the COVID antibodies going into show season. I'm sorry you got sick, Jordan. What a bummer. <laughs> but hey, right. you're good now. No matter what what people say, I'd I'd rather have the antibody antibodies than anything man made. So you've got it. You've got God's I've gold got standard. It now. So ho- ho- <laughs> yeah. hopefully you're good. You can you can go wherever. You don't you, you can stand <laughs> at six inches rather than six feet. So yeah. And by the way, yeah. whoever stood at six feet, I mean, you know how far away six feet is from somebody. <laughs> Even in like the height of the pandemic and we were at work, you know, my boss was like, Hey, we got to stand six feet apart. I'm like, well, you're standing like two feet apart right now. And he's like, really? God, we measured it one day, like six feet apart. That's a long ways apart. I don't think that really ever happened. Yeah. Did you see that uh, the Packers played a football game the other day? And uh, after the game, Aaron Rodgers was standing, was standing like six feet from this reporter lady. And so they're uh-huh. talking and whatever, and you can see people in the background are like hugging and whatever. And then <laughs> right, literally, literally right after they concluded their, uh, like the interview, Aaron gave the lady a hug on his way by. There you go. That's <laughs> what I mean. What? I mean, we're made to be together. It's really hard to do all that stuff. And, and, uh, so, so like I said, you got the antibodies now, Jordan, you can do whatever you want. Yeah oh man well thanks again rob you bet jordan thanks for having me on